Hey there, avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. So today we're going to be talking about The Lucky List by Rachel Lippincott. Just wanted to make sure I pronounced her last name right. And this is a story uh, about grief and about coming out as well and accepting your own identity. And so it follows Emily. She's still reeling from the death of her mother three years prior her mother died of stage four cancer. They caught it really late. Uh, they did everything that they could, but you know, sometimes it just isn't enough, you know, and it's, it was really sad. So she's still reeling from it. You know, her mother believed in luck. She believed that, you know, Emily herself was lucky and a part of Emily doesn't believe in that luck anymore because they have to sell their house. They have to sell. They have to pretty much get rid of a lot of her mother's stuff. And that's kind of heartbreaking because these are memories of her mother. And she feels like she's going to forget her. And I, I think that's so relatable. And I think that that's really what's really compelling about this story is how relatable it is to the reader. I think if any of us have experienced loss, we get kind of caught up and we, especially if it's someone dear to us, we get so caught up, we put our lives on hold to mourn and there is no time limit for that, honestly. You need how much time you you need, you know? And it'll happen when it happens. But I think we all have to realize as well that I don't think our loved ones would want us to just stop living our lives and mourn forever. I think they'd want us to live for them. So the journey for Emily here is to continue living her life, to learn how to live her life in order to... just make her keep her mother's memory alive because her mother oh her mother was such a vibrant person like a sunflower and it's really emotional to see emily go on this journey especially with her father because they're both still grieving but they are their grief is expressed in different ways and i think that's what's also compelling about the story how grief is not the same for every person like I said earlier, there's no time limit for it. And for Emily, she has stopped living her life. She put everything on hold. She put living her life on hold. She's made herself a social pariah with her friends because she's just stuck in this pit of mourning and she can't pull herself up and no one really can help her. No one can really understand because it's not just that she's mourning the loss of her mother and her best friend. There was a part of herself she never got to share with her mother. And she keeps pushing that down because she wasn't able to share it with her mother. You know, her best friend, the most important person in her life. She wasn't able to share her identity, her truth, her sexuality with her. And she thinks in order to keep her mother's, her connection with her mother alive, she has to be dating this boy that her mother said give him a chance to. And he's not a bad guy. He's He was her best friend. He always had a crush on her. He was the only one of her friends who would visit Emily's mother in the hospital and, you know, 
be there with Emily as a support. You know, not even her best friend did that. And I think that showcases, you know, she feels like she has to be with him in order to keep this memory of her mother alive in order to make her mother proud. But I feel like if she had shared the fact that she is gay with her mother, I think her mother would 100% have agreed and would have wanted to know all the details about the girl that she had been crushing on. I really do because her mother was just very, such a vibrant, lively person, but she'll, she's never going to know. She's never going to be able to share this part of herself with her mother. And that's what breaks her heart the most. And so because she was able to share with her, she doesn't want to share with anyone. And it's not until she meets Blake that, you know, she really starts to live her life again. She starts to remember, truly remember her mother outside of being sick. And I thought that that was quite possibly the most memorable memorable part of the story. Just her journey of moving on and... Her journey, her grief, her mourning, her coming out story to everyone. It was very powerful. It was very fun. It was very emotional. And it definitely has a lot of depth to it. And I thought, wow, this is a good story. I mean, it was spectacular. I really did love the depth to it. I thought it was so emotional. And it's so relevant. And it's so realistic. And it's so relatable. Emily is so absolutely relatable. Her internal narrative, her feelings, her guilt, her anxiety. I think it's all very powerful how well the story was written. Because you're really seeing... You really are seeing her her struggle to come to terms with her sexuality... Because she just wants to be happy. But she doesn't want to forget her mother either. So she has to come to terms with her mother's not there anymore. So I do think that that's a a compelling part of the story. So I have to give The Lucky List five stars. I mean, this was a book. I had to wake up at six in the morning the next day. And I was tired. And I didn't want to put it down. (laughs) And... I couldn't put it down. I didn't want to put it down. I thought it was so well done. And I'm reading it half tired. I'm like, no, must stay awake, must read. And I love that about a book. If it, if it keeps me up, even if I'm dead, tired and exhausted because I need to read it. Oh, that just tells you right there that it's a good book. And young adult contemporary fiction is not something I normally read. I usually read young adult fantasy. I love fantasy, I love science fiction, but I also do, I'm very picky when it comes to my contemporary fiction because it's a little bit outside of what I normally read. So when I do read one and it blows me away, just like The Lucky List, it's going to get the five stars it deserves because it was exceptionally written. It's emotional. It is relatable and realistic and it's so thoughtful. If you're someone who's struggling with grief or you know someone struggling with grief, I think this is kind of, I think this book is 
going to be for them. If you are someone in the LGBTQ community, I think you'll also appreciate Emily's journey to discover herself and her sexuality. I think it's just, like I said, an emotionally thoughtful, well-developed story. So once again, The Lucky List gets five stars. Please purchase the book from your local bookseller or online book retailer if you want to support the author. All I say is if you're going to purchase the book, just avoid Amazon. Uh, Amazon gets enough business. The bookstores and booksellers in your local neighborhood definitely deserve more support. If money's tight, please check out that book out from your local library. Libraries are there for you, and they're there for the community as a great resource. And I hope on that note, you all continue to support me by liking this podcast and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. You can also become a supporter on Anchor FM, my recording platform, for a dollar a month. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading. Mm -hmm.